You ever used VR? Like once or twice, really? but not like. Sick. I mean, like I think it's overrated. Yeah. Like based on the once or twice I've used it. Yeah. But nah, bro. I always, <laughs> uh, not always. <laughs> rephrase that. Uh, I've seen those, uh, you'd be on, like, the hub, and you see, like, the VR porn, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, that's gotta be whack for some heads to yeah, happen. Yeah. It makes me, hot, well, it makes me rethink everyone that ever gets the VR goggles to begin with, because I'm like, yeah, what, why, what, what were you thinking what about, you like, <laughs> like, what's your motivation here? Because there's no, like, real, like, why would you really need VR goggles? Like, are you, do you, like, really just want to use it all the time? And so no, like no. I think you're just whacking it. Yeah. You're you're too enthusiastic about it. Football night in America, and they chose to put the I in the abbreviation. It's an interesting take. What do you mean? Like it's F N I A. They could have just left the I out, like F N A. F N A. Yeah. It's like it's like putting the O in United States of America and saying U S O A. Live in the U S O A. Like why would you do that? <laughs> it's clearly a lowercase I. Like just leave it. I might be out on Baker Mayfield, by the way. Let's talk my, about it. I love it. Let's start guy, it there. But I, is he even good anymore? I think he's hurt. He is hurt. He didn't talk to the media after today's what, game. Like what? He's like emotionally hurt. No, like, no, 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 no. He was limping around. Like made fun of him. <laughs> he was actually injured, dude, and uh, he refused to talk to the media after today. So what? heads are wondering, like, if he actually wanted to play or if he was forced to play, because most of the time the quarterback comes and talks to the media. Yeah. You know? What? Uh, Oh, oh, Jalen Hurts. Yo, Jalen Hurts is one of the best looking dudes in the NFL. You think so? Yeah, sometimes I go on his Instagram and I catch myself kind of going on a rabbit hole. That's when you need some VR goggles for, bro. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> catch that in 1080p yeah. and breaking the same thing. I've, I've been thinking of cutting my hair and like getting a similar haircut to Jalen Hurts, but then I think about it, I'm like, Jalen Hurts is a much better looking person than <laughs> And, like, so it's, like, I'm going to get the same haircut, but it's not going to look anything similar to Jalen Hurts. And he's also a lot, like, more jacked than I am. Yeah, it's like I could go and get Brad Pitt's haircut, but I'm not going to look exactly, like that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's the tough part. Like, like, dude, have you seen the size of Jalen Hurts' neck, dude? It's freaking huge. Well, yeah, bro. dude, because he, like, was a squatting champion in high yeah. school. So How his neck's got to be ginormous. Big? By squatting, like, 700 pounds, but your neck does, needs to be able to support that. Yeah, but how does squatting, like, make your neck bigger? I, I don't know. I don't know the physics on that one. I just know, like, I don't think you can squat 700 pounds unless you got a pretty fat neck. I mean, that's probably true, yeah. I'm trying to get a big neck, though. Like, Why? I don't know. I think it looks do, cool. You do shrugs. Yeah, do shrugs all the time. That makes your neck bigger? Yeah. Well, it's just I, all like, work. Dude. Like, you're not making your neck necessarily bigger. Yeah, but how do I just get my neck just swollen? You can get those, like, rings, the jewelry that you put around your neck and put, like, eight of them and then it stretches out your neck, so then you got a pretty long neck. No, I don't want a long neck. I don't want want those, like, yeah, I don't want those ancient Egyptian necks. I don't want, like, a Candace from Phineas and Ferb neck. I want, like, a, like, a just a A stocky one. A thick neck. Like, I want it to be, like, I want my, like, you see, like, where my jaw is right here? This is horrible radio, but yeah, like, no one sees where your jaw is. Right here, I want it just to go straight into my neck. Like you want I, no like, jaw, you just like neck. Little, no, I want my jaw like here to stay, but I want my in front neck. of your chin, in front yeah, of your chin. But right. I want like where like the, the corner here, like near my ears, just straight down, just like wide neck. Oh, you're I'm gonna try to. Bro. I'm gonna try to tackle <laughs> that in the weight room this week. How long do you think it will take? 
You're going to go into your barber and say, I want the Jalen Hurts haircut. You're going to go in the weight room and try and get yeah. a yoke neck. That's, that's the plan set. for that's, this week. I mean, that's really all I have left. And you're pretty much set. You need to, like, I need to, like, set goals. Is that the cryptocurrency arena right there? No. Uh, that's the SoFi Arena. No, but what about the one across the street right there? Uh, that is the, ooh, what is it, the Clippers New Center. Oh. What's it called? The Forum. The Forum. That's, I'm blanking oh, on it. Gotcha. But it's actually sick, dude. They're going to open that up in a year or two. The Staples Center is, like, downtown gotcha. LA. Where all the buildings and stuff are. Where is this, like, This is, outskirts? like, more, oh, man, I'm going to say it wrong, but it's more, like, it's like south of Beverly Hills. It's oh. like not downtown LA. It's more inner city LA. But I don't know my LA geography, yeah. to be honest with you. I just know when I'm like hanging out at mine's apartment, if I look off the balcony directly in front of me, you see SoFi in the distance. And if I look like way to the left in the distance, you yeah. see all of downtown LA. Gotcha. And you have like the big Staples Center with like, oh, uh, what's it called? You can see like literally the banner around the Staples Center that oh, lights up. Gotcha. But. Not even the Staples Center anymore. The Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, it's horrible. You really think it's that bad? It just sounds weird. I think it would have been fine if it was the Crypto Arena, but the fact that they made it the Crypto.com Arena. Crypto Arena is a decent idea. Yeah, it's a decent idea. The Crypto Arena? The Crypto Dome. The Crypto Dome. That's kind of fire. You can't say Crypto because... Well, in LA, you know. Then it'll be getting affiliated. Um... You're in Steelers County. That's a sick flag to bring to a Chargers stadium. Chargers game, away game. You're in Steelers County. That must be a menace for voting season, though. If you're going to move your county around. (laughs) Talk about gerrymandering. It kind of stinks for the Chargers how, like, unlucky they're getting with fans because they have no fan support of their own, and then they're playing in this beautiful brand-new stadium that all the fans of the other team that they're playing, they all want to go visit that stadium and, and go see their team so that it's, like, double as bad for the Chargers. They just have no support this year anywhere they go. Dude, it was when I was at the Chargers game, it was noticeable how many Patriots fans there were. Like, you would hear, it would almost be louder when the Patriots got to stop on third down than when the Chargers got to stop on third down. It's like going to an Angels game. Except, except, you know what I do have to say about the Angels? Same thing happened uh, in Seattle when they had Ichiro. When Shohei Otani is going to pitch, or he's, he's, you know, I think mostly when he's going to pitch because he hits every single game, there's a lot of Angels fans. Really? Like, Drew, you remember when we went to that game where Shohei Otani was supposed to pitch and then he ended up not pitching, but he hit a bomb and there were just, like, Japanese Shohei Otani fans throughout the entire stadium? Yeah. All the Asians. Come in. Well, the Japanese baseball fans, I think, travel yeah, no, really, crazy. really well. Yeah. They're good fans. It's a good market. Maybe that's what the Chargers need, a Japanese NFL player. Get some real fans going. That's Yeah, that's what they've been missing. Are there any Japanese NFL players? I can't think of one. Where is Youngway Koo from? He was actually on the Chargers. He's probably from, like, New Jersey, though. South Korea, good call. Yeah. Some soul culture. Don't sleep on the culture. Um, Ugh, should LeBron be suspended? Crypto.com Arena, LeBron James. Whose stadium is the Crypto Arena? 
Lakers. Lakers, you didn't see that? Yeah. And Clippers now. Well, no, the Clippers are going to the forum in yeah. like a year or two. Yeah, but, but technically, yeah. Year, so. One sec. Was that announced as in like after this year it's the Crypto.com Arena? Or was it the Staples Center for like the first 14 games of the year and now it's the Crypto.com I, Arena? No, I think it's like a new, I think it's like now. I, I think they just changed it. That makes no sense. No, no sense at all. Just a mid-season change. The Staples Center actually had, like, a license for, like, 20 years plus seven games. They were like, nope, you're not going to get the full 20 years. Add in a bonus seven games, bro. That is bizarre. But, yeah, no, so LeBron James elbowed Isaiah Stewart off the free throw inbound. And at first, I didn't actually think he did it on purpose. But, Damian, you brought up the fact that you thought he did. And after looking at it a couple times, I can't say I disagree with you. No, there's definitely malicious content. He, he, like they're getting tangled up a little, just a little free throw squabble. Malicious little, intent. Oh, I said content. Content. Oh well, he was contently malicious. <laughs> um, he was very content about being malicious. <laughs> um, but there's a little squabble going on, and uh, he kind of flings his hand towards the face of Isaiah Stewart. Next thing you know, he's bleeding. Um, there's no way LeBron gets suspended, but, like, he probably should. I hope Ennis Cantor says something about it, because that would be funny. But, <laughs> um, other than that, it's I'm, definitely an interesting take. Isaiah Stewart's face is covered in blood. That's half of it. It's like, I don't know how hard he actually yeah. got whacked. It might just be one of those cuts where you get hit and you're gushing blood out of, like, half your face. and it, It's not, not actually that big a cut. It's like a yeah. little paper cut type deal. But it is, like, because of the blood, I think LeBron might be in trouble. What's interesting is, I don't know if you saw this other video, but it's like LeBron is going to, like, talk to Isaiah Stewart after it happened, and that's how the scuffle started. Really? And that was what I didn't like, because it's like LeBron is like, it's almost like LeBron is like trying to be, play the father here. He's like, okay, I just whacked you, but like, I'm the daddy of the league. I'm LeBron James. Like, it's all okay. He's Calm like, down. Nothing like, happened. Look what you made me do. Like, <laughs> he's like, you made me hit you. He's like, no, no, you, no, I didn't. We're just playing basketball. We're having a good time here. And you hit me. And now you're trying to apologize. And now I'm mad because I bled everywhere. And LeBron like walks over to him and he has his hand like at his hip, like, pushing down, like, trying to de-escalate yeah. it, you know what I'm saying? He's like, chill, yeah. chill, and it's like, dude, you're the one that just whacked yeah. him in the face. <laughs> like, exactly. It's like, I feel like that's only gonna make someone more mad. You get whacked in the face, and they're like, chill, 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 yo, wasn't dude, that bad, yo, yo. Why are you mad? Why, why are you, you mad? mad? It's like, yo, I just got hit in the face. <laughs> my face is bleeding. I was just trying to make, make my living today, I got hit in the face. Literally going for the rebound of a free throw. Ridiculous. Drew, would you suspend LeBron? I mean, it's just like, what are they going to do? Because they're going to fine him, like, what, $10,000? Oh, he'll be real upset about that. <laughs> LeBron's just going to pull the money, like, right out of his pocket. Like, this is a side note, I guess. I haven't even seen it, though, so I don't, I don't even know what it this is. This has nothing to do with the LeBron suspension thing, but have you ever sat for a second and just thought about, I don't like, how... <laughs> Drew doesn't even want to see it. He doesn't even care. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Sorry, Damien, keep going. How just expensive, like, professional athlete fines are. Like, imagine something, like, you, like, you, like, celebrated too hard, and you just got a, like, $10,000 fine in your locker the night. I would be so mad. Dude. $10,000, dude, like, you know what I could do with $10,000? If you're also making millions to play, like, a game. 
right, I'm so glad you, you brought you this up, Damien. I'm glad you brought this up because you made that uh, Ben Simmons video like three or four weeks ago. I don't know yeah, if you remember. I yeah. think you had a podcast on him too. You were talking about it. Yeah. And uh, I remember like listening to it, and I vividly wanted to tell you. I forgot to tell you, but I was like. You were talking about how he was getting fined a ridiculous amount, right? It was right? like $300,000. Like, every game check he was going to miss out on. It was like $300,000 a game. But he was technically, because his game checks, I looked into it, were like $304,000. Yeah. He was actually making $4,000 a game to not show up after the fines. Which is kind of like my overall point about the fines. Most of the time when you get fined like ten, twenty five thousand dollars $25,000, unless you're like an NFL player making minimum wage... If you're, like, a star like LeBron James, he made more than whatever he's going to get fined tonight in his game check that day. Yeah, that's true. That's the issue. It's, like, it's kind of a bummer where, like, LeBron gets hit with the same $25,000 fine that some dude making five hundred k gets hit with in the NBA. That's where it's unfair. Yeah. But I think, like, the actual, like, scale of the fine to these players, like, you make such a good point. Like, yeah, I could do X with $25,000, but it's, like, well, you were getting paid $35,000 to play this game, and you messed up, so we're going to fine you $25,000, and you walk away with $10,000 after a night. It's okay. It's, yeah, it's not the biggest loss in the world, I guess. Not the end of the world, but... Yeah, Ben Simmons still hasn't played a lick of basketball, I guess. Yeah, he doesn't really like basketball anymore. Huh? What if you just traded Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons? Um, Is that the worst deal in the world? That's not a bad idea, to be honest. Because Kyrie like, legitimately can't play in Brooklyn. Yeah. Ben Simmons doesn't want to play in Philly. Philly needs shooters... That's what Kyrie is. Kyrie, like, vaccine mandate, he can play in Philly. Yeah. And Brooklyn, I mean, they don't need Ben Simmons. He wouldn't really fit that well in Brooklyn. But, like, at that point, like, I guess, like, screw it. Let's just trade for him. Like, I don't know. He would play at least. He would play. <laughs> He'd do more than Kyrie. He'd play. Not a horrible idea. I mean, what did he, like, would, is Kyrie eligible to play in, in Philadelphia? He's only not eligible to play in New York and California. Those are the two states where you cannot play in because the states say you have to be vac- vaccinated. Yeah. Just hiccup mid-vaccine sentence. Uh, do you have COVID? Yeah, how'd you know? All right, let's stop talking basketball. I can't believe we even started basketball when the New England Patriots are first in the AFC East. Come on, first. Back where we belong. I was telling you, Drew, I couldn't believe it. And you, you were just so casually like, yeah, I felt like that, you know, we were going to be in first, yada, yada, yada. Three or four weeks ago, I was starting to get worried. We were two and four. I was feeling kind of down. We just lost the Cowboys and the Patriots. We and, just lost to the Cowboys and the Patriots. Yeah, when we were two and four. Yeah, the Patriots lost to the Patriots. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, that's the Tom Brady effect right there. We had just lost the Cowboys and the Bucks because you think Tom Brady and then you think Patriots, and yeah, he's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good call, Damian. That was, that was poor. But I wasn't feeling too hot. Won five in a row, first place in the AFC East. We're like a game out of the number one seed. What? All of our losses were pretty competitive losses. Like, the team's just too good to not be good, simply. Defense is fantastic. We really just need Mac Jones to be a game manager. And I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how people didn't expect him to play as he's played so far. It's not like he's showing out and doing anything absurdly special, but he was the most pro-ready quarterback coming out of the draft, and he's playing like it. I don't know. I I do think there's some tests coming up, though. Next two weeks are yeah, big. Yeah, got the Titans and the Bills, and then 
Titans the... just lost to the Texans. I don't like that. That's not a good thing. Absolutely smoked by the Colts today. That's also not a good thing. You don't want teams that are motivated playing you that are good that need to win. Yeah, I mean the thing is too like I I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but you look at the teams we have played. Like we beat the Jets, we beat the Chargers, we beat the Panthers, the Browns, and the Falcons, and like if you're really looking at this schedule, like those are all games that should be winnable games if you look at this team. So like. It's impressive, yeah, but like I think, like we've been saying, like these next two weeks are huge to prove if this is a real team or not. These next two weeks are big. I'm upset that the Titans lost the Texans because I think now they're gonna play us really hard. It was like great for our seeding, well, but it's gonna be a tough week, week without, without Derrick Henry. Yeah, no, that's a great point, and and I guess yeah, I'll hit on that in a second because Derrick Henry is a freaking beast, and Ryan Tannehill got exposed today. I think he threw four picks. He looked like hot. Garbage. But the thing I want to say about the Patriots that's so refreshing is that last year it felt like we were one of the stupid teams. Like, my entire lifetime as a football fan, it had been Bill Belichick is smart and all these other coaches are dumb, and that's why the Patriots win games. And you just see other coaches make mistakes that would give us wins. And last year it really did not feel that way. It felt like we were actually the ones making the mistakes. I remember we had an onside kick, I want to say, in a game against Buffalo that we didn't recover. That was just an absolute mess. We got smoked a couple times. It was bad. And this year it's back to, oh, Bill Belichick's really smart. He's out coaching other coaches. Other coaches are falling on their face and looking stupid. Like, teams look dumb. Like, the Falcons last week, I don't know if you guys saw this, it was like a 10 nothing game on Thursday Night Football. And they had a... Third down and, like, four from, like, the 20 or the 25 or something like that. And Matt Ryan got sacked for a 14-yard loss. Then they kicked the field goal, but they lined up in an illegal formation. Keep in mind, this is a field goal kick, so it's really hard to line up in an illegal formation. Like, there's not movement around the offensive line and players going in different directions. It's a freaking field goal. So after he made the field goal in the illegal formation, they backed it up again, and then he missed it. And that's what I'm used to as a Patriots fan It's just other teams, like, pooping themselves, and then falling on their own mistakes, and it just starts to spiral out of control, and that's what's so good to see, in my opinion. Yeah, I think there's just a renewed kind of energy among the Patriots, like with this brand new offense and Mac Jones coming in and proving that he's capable. Really every you know group on the field wants to do their job, including the coaches. They've come out to play and, and to actually coach this year and show some energy, and it's been nice to see after last season. And the fact that we spent so much money, it kind of comes back to your point, Drew, that this was expected. Like, we spent a bag, and through the first couple of weeks when we were 2-4, and four, it was like, uh-oh. Like, did we spend all this money, and now we're not getting the results? To be 7-4 and four now and in a good position, it makes you feel like the offseason was worth it, and Bill Belichick did a good job in free agency. And I think the last four or five weeks, some of those players have started to come around. Like, Hunter Henry wasn't catching touchdowns through the first three or four weeks. Now it feels like he catches a touchdown every single week. Judon was an absolute beast from day one, but Barmore, the rookie, we didn't see him much early. The wide receivers I've been more impressed of of late, like Bourne and Aguilar, they've been good. Jonu Smith is still kind of a mess, but I think the free agent signings have looked good in the last couple weeks, as well as the rookies. Like, y'all see Kyle Duggar matching up one-on-one against Kyle Pitts on Thursday Night Football? It's kind of ridiculous. Like, if Kyle Duggar can also play the pass game, that's dangerous. Because I thought he was going to be more of like a run-stopping safety. And if he is an all-around complete safety, whew, we're in business. Damian, what are your thoughts on the Pats? Where do you think it's going from here? Oh, 
Big Ben pick. Um, I, I'm not on the Patriots to the Super Bowl bandwagon just yet. I, uh, I do you think they can make it, or you're uh, not like you're not sold at all? Like, where are you I on that wave? So. No, I'm not sold really. I, I don't think we've been tested enough, honestly. I, I, the Chiefs are starting to look good. The Titans are a good football team, and I don't know. I think the Bills are also a very good team as well. So I think, you know, maybe we do we do have a chance, but I think we have to be tested more because earlier on in the season we. We played in games where we were tested, and we lost a lot of those games. So, like, I think the more and more we get tested, the more we'll show. But everyone's right now, oh, Super Bowl Patriots, easy. I I think (laughs) the big thing is that there isn't, like, a dominant team in the NFL this year. Every single team has holes that can be exploited. Belichick is the best at exploiting those holes. And also every single team has, like, major weak spots where they're going to make mistakes and they're not going to you know, play to their full potential. I think the NFC teams are too... Like, I don't think... I don't necessarily see the Pats winning the Super Bowl this year. I don't think we're quite there, but with the other teams taking a step backwards, I think we have a shot to make it. Well, Damian, you mentioned the Chiefs, and I actually, if this was happening... If the Chiefs were still playing poorly, I would say the Patriots might honestly be Super Bowl favorites in the AFC right now. Because I think we can pretty much beat everyone. But the the way the Chiefs have played the last two weeks, it feels like they're back. They steamrolled the Raiders and allowed 14 points on defense and then just ran over the Cowboys and allowed nine points on defense. And all of a sudden, like, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are wide open and Patrick Mahomes is slinging the rock and their defense is coming around and playing good. And it's, like, midway through the season. They've played, like, 10 or 11 games. It feels like the Chiefs are starting to hit their stride. And I just don't think offensively we can compete with that. If they drop 30 to 40 on us, I don't see us hanging in there if their defense is half decent at all. Apart from the Chiefs, though, I don't really like anyone more than us. I really don't. What about the Ravens? We beat them last year when we were terrible. Like, I think Bill knows how to game plan for Lamar where he just makes him pass and we have a good secondary. So I'm not that scared about the Ravens. The thing with Pat Mahomes is, like, Bill knows how to game plan for Pat Mahomes similar to how he knew how to game plan for, like, Peyton Manning. Like, he might shut him down for a half, but then Pat Mahomes is going to explode for 30 on you in the second half. Yeah. Plus, playoff Lamar Jackson turns into, like, Tim Tebow. He can't throw. He can't come from behind. I had, a, I had a, like, a 30-minute argument with uh, John on the way down to San Diego about who would you take, Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert going forward. And I was team Justin Herbert just because he can pass, but John was basically saying, like, yeah, he can pass, but we haven't seen him do anything in the playoffs yet, and he hasn't led a team anywhere yet. And at least, you know, like, Lamar's got this MVP background. He's super athletic, and the passing is improving. From my standpoint, I haven't seen the passing improving, but, yeah, I'm Herbert Drew over Lamar. What are your thoughts, Damian? Lamar's also not done anything in the playoffs. I, yeah, I I think I would probably go Herbert as well, I think. I think the unknown with Herbert is probably better than the known that you have with Lamar. Like, to be honest, Lamar in the playoffs has been really bad, and you don't even know what you can get out of Herbert in the playoffs yet. And so I think that unknown is something you'd rather take. I'd rather just, like, gamble my chances with Herbert. Just going forward, like, Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback, but a lot of his, like, a lot of his greatness comes from the threat of his legs. And as he gets older, obviously the 
speed is going to go down. It's not going to be quite the same threat. I mean, I think it would be kind of dumb to take Lamar Jackson over over Justin Herbert in like 10 years. I feel like such a dick when I say this, but Lamar Jackson is getting worse on a game-to-game basis because he's not getting more athletic, you know, and he's not going to make better cuts and people are going to see more of him and they're going to know his reads. And I think that's tough because whenever you have a hyper-athletic quarterback, like one thing I think Russ did a very good job with this where he was using his legs early, but then he became a passer and it's like your arm needs to overcome your legs before it's too late because you only have four or five years where you can really dominate on the ground as a quarterback before you just get beat up. So that's what's scary for the Ravens and Lamar is like at a certain point, like are you going to pay him? It's a good question. Are you going to pay him? Yeah. Yeah. How much would you pay him? Whatever it takes to Yeah, honest. you're going to pay whatever. Whatever because it like, takes? Because, like, who else are you going yeah, like, yeah. to get that's better? I don't know, like, if you could, but would you be willing, like, let's say you could trade him for an Aaron Rodgers or for a Deshaun Watson or for a Russell Wilson. You're not going to consider moving him for another quarterback that's ready. You'd rather just pay him. That's dope. I should look like I hurt. Um, no, I uh, I don't think so. I I don't. Aaron Rodgers, no, he's he's too old. Deshaun Watson, he's t- still too much of a question mark. And then who was the other option? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I don't think they would trade. Yeah, I don't think that's a deal that like they yeah. would do. That's fair. So you're just kind of stuck with Lamar. I mean, there's worse players to be stuck with. A lot worse players to be stuck with. I mean, the Vikings are stuck with Kirk Cousins right now. What what they would do for a Lamar Jackson. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, in all fairness, too, that division is such a toss-up over the next couple of years, too. Like, Big Ben's going, so the Steelers are going to have nothing. You still don't know what you got with Baker. And Joey B and the Bengals look good, but they are the Bengals, and he was limping around again today, and hopefully they'll protect him, but who knows. So, I don't hate running it with Lamar. He just doesn't scare me in the playoffs as a Pats fan. I'm scared of Patrick Mahomes. I'm, like, borderline terrified of Patrick Mahomes. Apart from that, that's about it. And I wasn't scared of Mahomes until about two or three weeks ago when he started turning it on. Yeah. And I think everyone was kind of just waiting for the Chiefs to turn it on as well. Like, it was just going to happen. They weren't going to be as bad as they've been all season. Dude, I was getting to, like, a breaking point where I was going to start to accept the fact that maybe they weren't the same Chiefs as before. I wasn't quite there yet. I was still a couple weeks away, and then, yeah, they flipped the switch against the Raiders. It's been over I mean, I just think it's too soon for them to be that bad. I think down the line, a few years down the road, as they're losing players and Mahomes' contract is really starting to, you know, suffer their or hurt their overall team quality. I think they could run into some trouble, but, I mean, that team is just still so talented right now. There's no reason for them to, like, be. I mean, they could still end up with the with the bye week one, and I wouldn't be too shocked. What's your opinion on the Cowboys? Because the Chiefs ran over the Cowboys today, 19-9, to and the game, that score is on, honestly closer than the game was. I was actually starting to really like the Cowboys as maybe even an NFC favorite going into this week. 
And I don't think this week changed that much. I think their offense was really lackluster, which had me worried because that wasn't what I was worried about. But their defense has been playing out of their mind. Micah Parsons is freaking gross. I think the Cowboys mean some business in the NFC, and that Chiefs win today is going to just look very impressive. I mean, the Cowboys just can't ever scare me because they're always so talented and they never put it together. Like, yeah, I, I feel like they just have the same team every year. Yeah, and then always grossly talented. Like, yeah, like every year we come into the season, it's like Dak, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott, and it's like they're all still nasty. And then nothing really happens. I like CD Lamb to like, too. Speaking to the mic. Oh yeah, Cat's here talking oh, to the mic. That's a claw, right dude. He's to my just leg. posted on you. I've never that's seen that before, Damien. Mm, you're stabbing me right now. Buddy. Oh, let him stab you. He's posted. Posted oh. in the trap. What are you doing? Ass right in my face. Oh come on! You don't like some good any, ass? Any thoughts on thoughts on the Cowboys? Meow. No. No. He says he doesn't like the uh, Cowboys. When we run it back and he has this like really insightful comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just too quiet for us to hear. He's like, the more I think about it, Kellen Moore isn't a good offensive coordinator for Dak yeah. Prescott. No, here's just, why. He's just an intellectual. He's a man of few words. Like, if you look at the data, the stat cast numbers, let me break this down for you. I don't know if you guys have been following AWS stats, but... The Cowboys had a 7% chance heading into the year of being 8-3 and three at this juncture. Yo, is it weird if I'm bricked up right now? I mean... Kind of, I got like a half it's, it's It's like my cat, so like in general I'd say like, hey man, like like whatever you like. Like, you know, if you, if you want to fool around with a cat, go for it. But because he's my cat, I'm not going to recommend uh, okay. that. Okay. So... Because <laughs> you know where he's been, you know his history. Um, uh, so like, I've, already, just, I've, already, I've already tried, I've already tried it. That. It's really not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I would have told you that if I'd already tried it. Um, I was more like, do your thing, just not with my cat. <laughs> so, so do you think the the Super Bowl champion this year is coming from the NFC? I don't know. No, 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 because I think. Ooh. I still think, yeah, I think the Patriots are right up there in terms of favorites just because of Bill Belichick's experience and the defense, really? the defense is filthy. The Cardinals just beat the Seahawks with Colt McCoy, though. I think that speaks more about the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. The more about the Seahawks. Okay. They've been horrible Colt the last McCoy couple had weeks. A day. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it was like throwback Texas days. Um, Dude, he did that a couple years ago on the Washington football team. Matthew Prater literally missed like nine points of kicks. I think maybe even ten. I think he missed three field goals and an extra point. And the Seahawks put up 13 points. So it's just like... Yikes. That, that's what's going on in Seattle. No, I think Arizona's really good, though. I think the Cardinals are dangerous. I just think this year is so up in the air. Like, there are so many good teams. There's no one who's... Like the Chiefs, that you're, yeah. you're just gonna, you think they're gonna run away with it. Where, uh, where is the Super Bowl this year? L A. Oh, the SoFi. I wouldn't even All hate right, so a repeat. You know what I'm saying? I could really like. I I don't know if I'd love it, but I could see a Brady versus Mahomes repeat again. Oh, I would hate that. If I see if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl again, I'm not gonna watch. Really? Yeah. I, I, it's an it's boring when the same team makes it. It's like when the Cavs and Warriors just kept making it to the. Finals. Well, you know what I'm going to root for? I'm not rooting for a Mahomes-Brady Super Bowl again. I'm going to root for what I did last year, which is I wanted the Bills-Brady matchup because I want the Bills to be so close to winning a Super Bowl. They finally have Tom Brady out of their division, and then, and then they, they meet him in the Super Bowl, and they have yeah, to beat him. that would be horrible. 
That's like that's that's my goal right there. That's that my dream Super Bowl matchup. For Drew's Josh Allen's a fraud take though. Yeah, no, I I don't want to see the Bills in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Josh oh, Allen's I forgot about that fraud. take. Yeah. That was a great take. <laughs> I mean, he got ran over today. That actually makes me feel really good as a Patriots fan. So like, unlike Tennessee getting like smoldered by the Texans, where now Vrabel's gonna come out and have a lot of incentive to beat up on us. Like, I don't feel great about that one. The Bills getting run over by the Colts and Jonathan Taylor scoring five touchdowns makes me feel great. Because if the Patriots can run the football effectively against the Bills, we'll win both those games. If we're running for 200 yards against the Bills, I love us. I love us. So That's what I love about the Pats offense is that it might not be super high scoring, but it's just ground and pound. We have like three running backs, four running backs maybe even, that we can hand the ball off to and be confident that they're going to get a few yards especially with maybe the best offensive line in the NFL. It's just, like, we might not score the most points, but we're going to tire the other the other team's defense out. And then Mac Jones is going to hit the underneath throws needed to push the sticks, keep getting us first downs. The defense is going to do their, their thing on that side of the ball. I think Patriots are just as scary as they've been in previous years this year. I'm not ready to say that yet because when you have Tom Brady, you're just terrifying. And I need to see Mac Jones in cold weather games. I've been saying this for like a minute now. But grew up in Jacksonville, played football at Alabama. Let's see him play in 30-degree weather. Because that's going to impact a lot. That's going to impact a lot. That could ruin everything. Imagine if he's just horrible in cold weather games. It's like the last thing he has to pass, you know, because he's already pretty much proven that he can do everything else. Yeah. Now it's just like, can you keep your composure when it's raining sideways and windy and like 25 degrees out or whatever? Yeah. Who the Ravens play? Dude, they had Brett they Hundley and they, last second to win. they beat the Bears. Did you see Andy Dalton throw no, a bomb? No, they had Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley, Who not played? Brett Hundley? No, Brett Huntley's the Who's guy Brett who used to play at UCLA. Uh, Tyler Huntley, who played at Utah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he Brett used Huntley. to be on the yeah. Packers. I See, I literally thought that was Brett Huntley today. Yeah. Wait, has Jordan Love been playing for the Packers? He played one game, and he was horrible. And uh, It was when Rodgers was out. Yeah, he, he's bad. He was garbage, bro. He got. I think it was the Chiefs. I think he played the Chiefs, and it was the week that the Chiefs looked really, really bad. But yeah, they beat the Packers 13-7, to and Jordan Love was 13... 13- Jordan Love was 19 of 34, 190 yards, a touchdown, and a pick, a QBR of 30. 30? Yeah. <laughs> Not great. 30? Not great. Not great. 30? Not oh great. Oh, Not great. That's horrible. His QBR was 30. His rating was 69. Nice. But, yeah, really, really bad QBR for Jordan Love. He did not play well. I think he sucks. Everyone's been saying he's just not good. And everything I've seen from him doesn't look good. And if you just think about it, if he was good, wouldn't the Packers have been kind of motivated to trade Aaron Rodgers for a bunch of picks and start the rebuild? Yeah. Like, Rodgers didn't want to be there. There's been a whole bunch of nonsense, especially, like, now knowing, too, that he wasn't going to get vaccinated. And even if that's, like, a tiny thing that you were just going to have to deal with down the line, it's just, like, there's so much Aaron Rodgers drama. If you could have gotten three or four first-round picks for him and Jordan Love was good, you would have moved him. Yeah, but Jordan Love sucks. That's a pretty surefire sign that they don't have confidence in him. And that's even scarier because the thing is, like, when you want to move Rodgers, right, 
you're thinking draft picks to build around Jordan Love. But if Jordan Love isn't the guy, then you're bringing in a quarterback. But then you're bringing in a quarterback to then get rid of Jordan Love. It just creates like a whole absolute yeah. mess up there in Green Bay. But the Packers are good, dude. They lost the Vikings today. And I don't think like that's too concerning because they always just play the Vikings tough. Like those Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers matchups are tough. But Aaron Rodgers... Like, in all fairness, he hasn't looked incredible since the COVID. I think it's going to take him a couple weeks. He was good today. I mean, he threw for 385 and four touchdowns, but he wasn't that good last week against the Seahawks. I think he only put up 17 points, and the Vikings' secondary is garbage, so I'm not going to give him a bunch of credit for throwing for a bunch of yards. And I don't know. I think the Packers are overrated. I think under LaFleur, I don't trust them for some reason. Packers are always overrated. Yo, the end around's the stupidest play in football, by the way. This you really think so? Dude, they just, the, the Chargers were on second and four, and they went at least ten yards backwards to gain one yard. On the end around? Yeah. Like, what do you, just run it forward. Sometimes like, probably, it works, though. I, I just, if you have, like, Tyreek Hill. There's yeah. too much tomfoolery involved. Just go forward. I like the end around on, like... When there's another wrinkle added into it. Like, I like the end around when it's an end around, but the res- the person on the end around also has the option to make a pass down the field. Yeah. Like, I think there has to be yeah. multiple plays to it. I don't think you can just run an end around. I think you have to give a couple options on the I play. Agree. My personal least favorite has got to be Wildcat. Because when you put your quarterback all the way out at the wide receiver spot... It's like, yeah, you could technically throw the ball backwards to him and then you could throw it. But, like, realistically, what are you about to do? You're about to either run it with the guy in the yeah. quarterback now or run it with the guy next to him. Exactly. Like, Agreed. Down your Agreed. Options. But did you see the Wildcat today that the Chiefs ran? I actually thought this was wicked smart because I never thought of this before. Okay. They scored a touchdown on the play. They had Travis Kelsey at quarterback, who was obviously just going to take the direct snap. But... This this hits on your point because you were saying normally like the quarterback would be at wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes was at running back, which I thought was brilliant. Because if you snap it to Kelsey and you have nothing, you can pitch it back to Mahomes, who's then the quarterback and has a blocker in front of him and has an offensive line. Like that makes some sense. When the quarterback is all the way out like twenty five yards down the sideline, like as a wide receiver, that makes no sense. Having him be in the backfield where it's super easy to pitch it back to him, I could see a bunch of trick plays you could run off that. Especially down near the goal line. I hate a wildcat when it's like middle of the field and you're trying to, it's like first and ten and all of a sudden they bring out the wildcat. It's like, what are you doing? We're going to pick up three yards here and move on? Yeah, I swear I'd never see it work. But yeah, no, the, the Chiefs won't work today, dude. I was, I was very surprised. Travis Kelsey, like 285-pound man, just took you right up the middle for five yards. Wildcat's fake news, though. When you run a bunch of wildcat, your team isn't that good. Only other NFL game I want to talk about today, Washington football team played the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton out there starting for the Panthers against his former coach, Ron Rivera, which was actually, like, very exciting. And, dude, it was it was funny because, one, one, you're watching Taylor Heideke, which the announcers are comparing to Brett Favre, which just has to be, like, the most outlandish comparison I've ever heard in my life. It's actually, like, in terms of just their personality – I can kind of see it a little bit, like, fiery dude who will just make any throw and get crunched and all, yada, yada, fine. In terms of, like, their actual, like, play style, physical talent, not, not in the slightest. No, not in the, the, not in the slightest. Here. But Taylor Heineke had a great game. He was, like, 16-22, three touchdowns, no picks. He looks good. Cam Newton, he came out of the gates hot. I think the Panthers were up, like, 7 nothing, and then 14-7. to They were dominating early. And I was watching the TV, 
and Cam Newton got the ball, down six with two minutes to go. Yeah. And I said, we've seen this before. I'm a Patriots fan. Yeah. I know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden it was like fourth and three at midfield. And it wasn't like, oh, Cam Newton is going to not do anything and he's just going to go three and out. No, no, no. You know Cam Newton's going to put a good drive together. You're just sitting there waiting for him to mess up. And you're like, when is it going to happen? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, fourth and two, he took a really bad sack when DJ Moore was wide open over the middle. Mm. And that was the game. So Cam Newton, not much has changed, but he makes the Panthers fun to watch again. I'm so happy that we don't have to watch Cam Newton every Friday. Every Friday. Yeah, he's playing Western High School football. Western High School football, can you imagine? He's Cam speaking Newton with... of Wildcats, he's suiting up for them. <laughs> I'd actually pay to watch Cam Newton play one game on the Western fo- like high school football Wildcats, whatever the team's yeah. name is. That would be one of the funniest experiences I've ever seen in my life. I think, like, do you think he could beat Wayland? Yeah. Are, so? are you kidding me, bro? Know, bro. He's Cam Newton. Big, dude. <laughs> yeah, they had some players. Whalen's pretty yeah. big. Maybe in like five years, no. Once he's like way unathletic and can't move anymore, and he's like thirty-five. I 40. think in five years he could still. Be you think so? How old's Cam Newton? He's like thirty-two, probably. Yeah. I think Cam Newton yeah. could beat Waylon when he's like forty-five. Wow, thirty-two, great call. I, th- I think after he's forty, once he can't like really take a big hit anymore, and he's, his body's broken down. You think down. there's a kid on Waylon who can hit Cam Newton <laughs> enough to hurt him? You think there is a fourteen to eighteen year old kid who can hit Cam Newton hard enough where it's like, oh, I can't even play in this game anymore? Anyway. All right, all right, <laughs> hold up. Yes. Under the circumstance that Cam Newton at 40 has, like, played an NFL career through 38 and just taken shot after shot after shot after shot. That and might CT be and the that. worst take of all time. <laughs> yeah. You don't that like that one? one of the worst takes like of all time. Dude, NFL players talk about how they can barely walk upstairs at age 40. Like, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, a lot of NFL players, like, struggle to just walk at age 40, 45. Yeah, but that's a, that's a child. That's a high school child. Yeah, but that's a man that can't walk. Like, if he can't walk... Cam Newton is one of the best football players Not right now, not right now, not right now. In comparison to Wayland High School football players, yes. That's Division Three Massachusetts (laughs) football. (laughs) Massachusetts football. Like, the best players at Wayland High. Just a sniff of of smelling salts. Yes. It'd be good to go. Dude, the best players at Wayland High went to, like, Trinity to play football. (laughs) Like... Hamilton. Yeah. Like, Cam Newton... Won the Heisman Trophy at Auburn. Again, I'm not saying now. I'm saying when he's 40 and, and can barely and walk. <laughs> and Schwally thinks that one hit from a Wayland high schooler could knock him out. Once he, like, can't walk anymore and he can't move around and he's 40 right, and broken down, yes. He can't walk anymore. There's a, what I'm saying is there's a bunch of play, NFL players, 40, for ages 40 to 50, who cannot walk upstairs? Who are like whose bodies are so beaten from playing in the league that they cannot move yeah, around? They're not Cam Newton. Cam Newton's a different. Animal. So his body just is not going to be beaten. He'll just be chilling. Not to the effect that you're where a Wayland High School player could knock. Him. All right, but like, all right. Here's a good example. Heinz Ward, right? He was super tough. Okay. He he was like talking. Where are you going though? Where are you going? He was talking about okay, how he go. could barely walk at age thirty six. <laughs> Is it unfair of me to assume if Cam Newton's 40, 45, he's taken all these hits and he can barely move around that maybe he can't play football anymore? Because even Hines Ward could play against... Like, him saying that he could barely walk means that, like, yeah, he could barely walk, but if you gave him, like, 
the drugs he needed, he could still play <laughs> in an NFL game. All right, I give up. If Cam Newton gets the drugs he needed, he can ruin Wayland. Dude, he doesn't need drugs <laughs> to play against Wayland High School. Oh my gosh, that's such a horrible take. Drew needed drugs to play against Wayland High School because he was a high schooler. That's 130 pounds. Did the drugs help? Yeah, actually. They did. <laughs> they did. Cam Newton's a professional, like a peak athlete. Yeah, I'm not talking about in his peak. I'm talking about like even when his, he can't walk. Even his, like, even his decline is higher than any kid at Wayland's peak. All right, I digress. Cam Newton would beat Wayland High School. Thank my you. apologies. A horrible take. Honestly, it might be one of my worst takes of all time. I mean, in all fairness, if he can always beat the Washington football team, he should be able to beat Wayland High School. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> That that would mean that like Brett Rowe could play for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> if you could almost beat if you could almost beat uh the Liam Washington Wren starting team. quarterback, Carolina yeah. Panthers. Alright, let's get back to business. <laughs> what are we talking about? NBA? First of all, little revenge week. Whoever with this NBA scheduling nerd was, whatever great job. Great job, wow. okay? So it's a Dennis Schroeder revenge week. You got Dennis Schroeder against the Hawks, mm. and then you got Dennis Schroeder we against the Lakers, yeah. and then you got Dennis Schroeder against the Thunder. It's like back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, oh, all of Dennis Schroeder's former teams. Yeah. And De- we lost the Hawks, and then we beat the Thunder, and we beat the Lakers, but Dennis Schroeder balled out in all three games. It was freaking dope. It was like, oh, you're motivated to play the team that drafted you? Well, how about then the team that didn't pay you $80 million? And then how about then the next team that traded you to that team that didn't pay you $80 million or whatever? You know what I'm saying? It was just like, that was fun. So good scheduling. The Celtics, here's why we need to talk about them, okay? Because Jalen Brown is out. And for the longest time, I've been kind of of the mindset that I think you kind of have to trade Tatum if it doesn't work. Obviously, you wait till it works. I'm not saying trade them immediately. Yeah. But there's going to come a point where one of them wants out or you're not advancing enough in the playoffs or whatever it may be. It's not working, and you're going to have to trade one of them and bring in another star. And my thought has been trade Tatum because you can get way more for him. Fair enough. And I think Jalen Brown is a great representation of the city of Boston. I think he's got, like, the heart and soul of Boston. I think he plays hard. I think he loves the city. I think he wants to be here. I think if we showed him love he would be a Celtic for life. Whereas Tatum just seems to me like another NBA superstar who wants to get his bag and maybe make a super team and he's going to want to get his ring at some point. And does Jason Tatum really love the city of Boston? Like, I don't feel that way. So I wouldn't want to try and build around Tatum because I think he's more of a flight risk. However, the last two weeks, what's so interesting is that there's been no Jalen Brown. And so for the first time, you're actually getting to see the Celtics as a team without him. And they look really good. Yeah. which I was surprised about. Like, Tatum is actually moving the ball a little bit. For some reason, Marcus Smart doesn't suck. I think there's a Marcus Smart-Jalen Brown beef. That's been my, like, theory for weeks going on, months now, that it's not actually Marcus Smart has a problem. Anyone has a problem with Marcus Smart apart from Jalen Brown. And I think it's because they're both very, very vocal leaders, you know? Yeah. Jalen Brown is someone, I mean, we've seen it. He stands up for the community, comes for society, speaks for the NBA. He views himself as an all-star big leader. So does Marcus Smart. Like, Marcus yeah. Smart probably views himself as the leader of the Celtics, yeah, the first of the big three that was drafted the there. Longest, he's the longest-tenured player on the team right now. Exactly, exactly. And so I think that's where the beef exists because since Brown has been injured, 
I haven't really seen these ridiculous threes from Marcus Smart. I mean, dude, Drew, you mentioned this last night. We were watching the uh, Celtics Thunder game in the background. Marcus Smart had more assists than field goals attempted last night. When do you see that? Yeah. When do you see that? So this team has looked really, really good with Jason Tatum as the leader, and I think Tatum stepped up. Not only is he passing the ball, he's averaging like nine boards. The shooting still drives me insane, but it feels like he is attacking the hoop a little more. So these past couple weeks have made me start to think like, do you actually want to trade Jalen Brown? Is that the move? And my thought is not for Bradley Beal because you can sign him as a free agent, but if you could create space to bring in Bradley Beal this offseason and then move Brown for a third piece, that that could be the move for the Celtics. I could hear that, yeah. But my thing is, I guess, what is Bradley Beal doing that is so much different than Jalen Brown is doing? I think that's what these last couple of weeks have told me, essentially. Yeah. And I'm not, like, fully down pat on this. I'm not sure about it because it's been two weeks of regular season basketball. Yeah. But if I had to, like, to have a hot take, a takeaway from these last couple of weeks, it's just been that, like, Brown and Tatum don't work together. Like, the same way that, like, Simmons and Embiid just don't, don't work, work together. together. Yeah. Like, these two superstars don't work together because it feels that when one of them is out, the team functions better as a whole. So I don't think Beal would bring you anything that Jalen Brown is like can't bring you. Okay. It's more like it's just a new Is is this a, a chemistry? Yeah. Can this work? Yeah. Okay. And I'm not for trading Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal because I think he's a free that's agent a and that's a waste. That's, a waste. that's just dumb as bricks. But if you can bring in Beal, I am with moving Brown. Because then there is redundancy at that position. Oh yeah, it's the whole Hayward Brown Tatum situation all over again. Exactly. Um and I no I I do think that that could be something interesting, especially because Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum obviously have a very good relationship with the whole St. Louis thing. Um, and I don't know. I, I think we've been waiting for so long for, like, it's always, oh, when Tatum and Brown put it together at the same time, this team's going to be unstoppable. But it's getting to the point where it's like, maybe they just can't put it together at the same time. What if they don't? Like they, Yeah, because we've always been talking about, like, oh, there's one night where Tatum will go for 40, and then Brown looks like he doesn't even belong in the same court as any of the players on the court. And then Brown will go for 40, and Tatum looks like he's completely disinterested in playing that day. So it's like, maybe they just don't work together as much as we want them to. And the thing is, they're both very similar players when you watch them play. like Similar size, similar length, similar defensive and offensive attributes. I think that like Tatum's just a little bit more refined because he just has those like more natural abilities. So, I don't know. I think that's that'll be something interesting. I think Brad Beal is more of like just a pure scorer, which could be helpful, I guess. Yeah, Damian, I actually really agree with you because when you look at a lot of like the best star tandems in the NBA, right? You got like CJ and Dame, for example, or Steph and Clay. It feels like they do a really good job of playing off each other. Yeah. and not taking turns, okay? Yeah. Where it's like they're creating opportunities for one another, and they're not just like, oh, I get a bucket, now you go get a bucket. Yeah. And then you watch some other tandems, like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, or like Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, yeah. and I think a big reason that it doesn't work 
is because it feels like they're taking turns. It feels like Luca's dominating the game for like 90% of it, like 80% of it, whatever it is, but then he feels forced to give the ball to Kristaps to get Kristaps' shots so Kristaps can go up and get his points. And with Paul George and Kawhi, it feels like, okay, Kawhi gets a bucket, now Paul George gets a bucket. And we saw this past offseason when Kawhi was gone, the Clippers were actually a very, like, highly competitive functioning team with Paul George. Not saying they were a championship team because you're missing Kawhi, but it's just the fact that like maybe Kawhi and Paul George don't work together. Yeah. And you can trade one of them and bring in another player, and then all of a sudden you're that championship team. That's what I see with Brown and Tatum when they're on the floor together. It's like, okay, my turn to score, now your turn to score. Like, Yeah, no, this is, a, this is kind of like an egregious comparison, but like you look at a duo like Dwayne Wade and LeBron where it's like they're both top top players but their styles of play are so different like D Wade can sit back and take the back seat but he's still gonna go get his buckets and LeBron can facilitate really well when he has to but he can also get his own bucket and I think that that could be a really good duo if you have Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum a thing that Brown and Tatum can't really do together and then I guess more of like a relatable kind of comparison would be like Giannis and Chris Middleton like Chris Middleton's obviously the number two guy in in Milwaukee and Giannis is the guy but when Giannis has to he's gonna find Chris Middleton and let Chris Middleton take over the game which is similar to what Jason Tatum could do with a guy like Bradley Beal because we've seen it Bradley Beal can go out and get 50 on a night if he has to and same with Tatum so I think that's so important and I think that I don't know I think it's also hard when it's like Brown and Tatum are so similar in age like they came in a year apart like they're both kind of like striving to be at the top of like their era their generation their age bracket kind of so like they're pushing for the same i don't know legacy kind of whereas like when you have like that little bit of separation i guess there's a little bit of like people who are at different stage of their career can kind of unite on one common goal of just winning a championship like bradley beal is going to come here he's going to be what like 30 something years old maybe just 30 years old and he's like, I just want to win. And Jason Tatum's like, okay, I can agree with you on winning, but I also want to be at this next level. So I think that's something that, you know, could hinder their relationship. But I don't know. I think it's also a weird thing because, like, this team, the Celtics team seems like they they have such good relationships off the court. And sometimes, like, when you just get on the court, that just doesn't work. And, like, you, there's nothing you can really do about it. But it, it will definitely be disappointing if we have to get rid of Jalen Brown. But... You know, sometimes you just got to do those type of things, like the Raptors getting rid of DeRozan. Well, you made, like, oh, two or three really interesting points there. The first one is, though, like, the comparison between Chris Middleton and Giannis. Do you think it was always the case that they played off each other? Or do you think they no. grew into it? So no, that that's exactly what I was going to say. Because cause when, when I've been the biggest the Bucks are frauds guy in the world, and until recently this past postseason or yes this past postseason when they won it all the Bucks with Middleton and Giannis was the most deadly duo because like Giannis knew exactly when he had to find Middleton and when he and when Middleton was hot he was always finding him because if you remember the bubble Giannis would go for games where he would go off and people were like is Chris Middleton even on the court tonight and Chris Middleton had one of the worst bubble playoff performances like out of any of the all-stars in the bubble. So I think recently, this is a more recent thing with Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton. 
And so that's why it's so dangerous, right? Because you might want to move Tatum or Brown, but you also see that players can grow into it. Yeah. Then the next thing you brought up that was interesting, right? You you say, like, all right, I think these players are too similar in age, like Brown and Tatum, right? I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's a skill thing. So I think with Steph and Clay, right, they were very similar in age, but there was a clear who's the one and who's the two. We know Steph Curry had his crazy MVP season. That's not hating on Clay. It's just like Steph is the one. With Brown or Tatum, it's kind of up for a debate. Like, even the beginning of this year, didn't Brown drop like 45 at Madison Square Garden? He's hitting threes from the logo. And everyone's like, oh, Jalen Brown, come out here. Is he better than Tatum? You know what I'm saying? So it's like... I think you need that clear number one yeah. for it to work. I think it's less of an age thing and more of an established thing. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. The third thing you said, Damien, is so you talk about like their chemistry. And I think their chemistry is really, really good. But I'm going to come back to that Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart beef that I mentioned. There's something there. There were chairs hucked in a locker room. Yeah. And the two people that were discussing like the chairs hucking and all of that, it was Brown and Smart. And then even they had this scuffle like earlier this year where they weren't playing together. And I don't know if you remember, Smart came out and he basically said that, like, we're all learning how to pass. Like, Jason Tatum has to be more than a scorer. Like, yada, yada, yada. And then Jason Tatum had this backhanded comment. The interesting thing that comes out of that, right, is so they say, hey, Jason, like, how's it going? He's like, yeah, Smart and I talked, right? And they go, hey, Smart, how's it going? He's like, yeah, you know, Jason and I talked. But Marcus Smart didn't just call it Jason Tatum in that thing. He called out Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. And you know who we didn't hear from following that? Jalen Brown. Brown. Didn't hear a lick. Yeah. And Marcus Smart didn't mention him, e- mention him either. I think they're just two very intense personalities who both yeah. want to be leaders, and they just don't mix together. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, like, a dude, get rid of... If it's going to take trading Marcus Smart for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to play well together, fine. Like, see you, Marcus Smart. I just don't... That's not a guarantee. That's not a guarantee. Yeah. Like, you can't just say, oh, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown are a problem. Let's get rid of one of them, and it'll solve. But I have to say, like, yeah, dude, Tatum and Smart, they they work together. They work I together. Think, I, I, I don't know. On the Smart, getting rid of Smart over Brown, I think it depends on the the return. Thanks. If you can get more for Brown, get rid of Brown. It, it depends on what you can get out of it. Because, like, there's in t- certain intangibles that Marcus Smart brings to the team that you can't really you're not going to trade for like you're you're not going to find a guy like Marcus Smart just hanging on trees so I cut that it's a horrible thing to say hanging on trees <laughs> oh my gosh dude um talk about getting canceled <laughs> what do you mean by that um you're not going to just find guys like Marcus Smart just out there like just chilling waiting to be for free. picked up for the Celtics like th- like those guys are are special like special intangible type of guys and also Jalen Brown will also just command way more back and I think if you want to move one of them I think Jalen Brown might actually be the better option because of that no he is the better option and he's the better option in this scenario that Tatum is going to take over this team and play well with smart I'd say the same thing about Jason Tatum if he'd been out the last couple weeks and Jalen Brown had been taking over the team yeah and he'd been balling and the team had looked good it'd be the same thing it's just like at a certain point these players are too old yeah. And so the one thing that's also scary is, like, okay, so I think Brown is 25 and Tatum's 24. Yeah. And when Steph and Clay both won their first one, like, when LeBron got his first ring, when most of these players get their first ring, it's 26. Yeah. 
No. Bro- 26, LeBron 27. Was he was 28 when he got his first 28 ring? 28 or 29, yeah. Really? Because, he was that old? Because he won it his first one at the same age as Michael Jordan. Okay, that's fair. How old was Giannis when he got his ring? I don't know. Whatever he is, like, pretty much now. All right, so I know Steph and Clay were 26. Giannis was 26 when he got his ring, so that, yeah. that's a good one. So I guess LeBron might have been a little older, but essentially what I'm trying to say is, like, age 26 is when you start to, like, if you're a yeah. superstar player, you're, you're, you start to you dominate. Start winning things. Yeah, you start winning things. Like, even LeBron, okay, he didn't get his ring at 26, but at 26 he made an NBA Finals. Yeah. You know? Fair. It was just he, he, didn't, he didn't cap it off. So it's scary as a Celtics fan because in these next couple of years it's kind of – getting to become a make-or-break with Brown and Tatum. Yeah. Something's got to happen. Clock's ticking. The other scary thing, too, is our, our big man, because Robert Williams just keeps getting injured. He's freaking sick. He's so good But he's when he always plays. injured. Yeah, he's so good when he plays. And Al Horford has actually been really productive this year. Yeah. yeah. But he, Max, has another good year or two. Yeah. So it's like, if there's a window to win it, it's, right it's these next couple of years yeah. when Robert Williams is still young and Brown and Tatum, you know, are entering their 24, 25, 26, and you still have Al on, like, a small contract as a veteran who can play. Like, I don't know how you're going to get a better collection of players in here. Yeah. So Celtics got to make a move. Should we talk a little Lakers real quick? They're kind of a mess right now. They are a mess. They're falling apart. Dude, I remember telling you that the Lakers weren't going to work. I was saying, yeah, I was no, saying you guys were stuff. all over me about that. Yeah, and I was big on Russell Westbrook to the Lakers, to be honest. Have you seen him just shooting brick after yeah, brick, no, by not, the way? Yeah, it's, it's it just poetic. doesn't fit. It doesn't work I think there was, a, uh, there was a foul in the, in the Celtics game the other day where he just hacks, I think it was Schroeder from the back, and LeBron, you could just see just that frustration in LeBron, like, they blow the whistle on LeBron. It's just his hands are up. He's looking up at the sky like, how can I get this guy out of here? Like, LeBron's trading Russell Westbrook the first opportunity he gets. And I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, Kyrie can't play in L.A., but if LeBron <laughs> can get Kyrie convinced to take a vaccine, <laughs> then Kyrie Irving will be on the first flight to the Crypto.com arena. Dude, it's so funny because we're watching this Celtics game like – two or three nights ago, Celtics-Lakers, whatever it is. Russell Westbrook missed four straight jumpers on four straight possessions, and none of them were remotely close. Like, he's the type of player that throws up a shot, and you question whether he was trying to bank it in or whether he just bricked it off the backboard. You're like, based on that angle, like, I don't know... If he was at, like, what was he? What was he thinking he's here? The, he's the ultimate heat check guy. Like, if if he makes one shot, then he's gonna shoot until he's like, all right, this is definitely not going in. Like, that's like when you make one shot at pickup, and then you get the ball, and everyone on the other team is like, oh, he's a shooter, he's a shooter, and then you shoot the next one, you air ball. They're like, oh wait, maybe not. He just got lucky the first time. <laughs> that's Russell Westbrook, but he plays in the NBA because he's freakishly athletic. Well, he was a good shooter. I don't know, like, how he all of a sudden became well, a horrible he, he shooter. He was a good shooter in the time in the NBA where shooting wasn't as big as it is now. Like, it's a shooting-dominant league now. Like, almost everyone can shoot threes. Like, even Lonzo Ball is, like, shooting it from deep now. Like, everyone can shoot. So, like, but, like, when ben Russell Simmons. Westbrook... He, okay. Maybe well, not, not Ben Simmons. Well, that's why Ben Simmons isn't playing in the NBA right now, because he can't shoot. <laughs> So, I don't know. But, I mean, the Lakers also have other problems. It's, like, Anthony Davis has just proven again that he's not the guy. Like, if if he's going to 
be your star, you're not going to win anything. He is the guy when he stays healthy, but he's never healthy. But he's... I don't think he's the guy, to be fair. You don't, I, you don't like him when he's healthy? I, I love him when like he's healthy. Like, when he's healthy, yes. But yeah. I still don't... Like, I don't think he's the guy even when healthy. Because when he plays, he should be starting to take over this team now. Let's just start becoming Anthony Davis's team. This shouldn't really be LeBron's team anymore. And he can't do it. He didn't do it in New Orleans either, but no one talked about it because it was like, oh, like, it's New Orleans. They didn't really put players around him. But he doesn't really have any excuse now because he has players around him, and he should be the guy. He's just never been physical enough for me, and he's always been hurt. And for some reason... He's never gotten the reputation as a player who's always hurt. I don't know how no. he's just been able to avoid that, but no one ever talks about the fact that AD is always injured. Yo, just real quick, because I'm looking at it. Listen to Russ's f- just free throw percentages throughout his career, okay? 82, 79, 84, 82, 80, 82, 83, 81, 85, okay? Now, the last four years, 73, 65, 76, 65, 66. How does that happen? That's, like, statistically, like, so improbable it's not even funny. Like, he's in his own head about shooting a free throw type deal. I think the Russell Westbrook Lakers actually could have worked, too, if you had gotten a Russell Westbrook that wasn't a jump shooter. If If LeBron had just somehow convinced him, dude, just drive. Just drive and cut. When I have the ball, just be constantly cutting. You're more athletic than anyone. Just go to the freaking hoop. We'll be good. Then the, I think the Lakers could work. The issue is that Russ is still Russell Westbrook, and if LeBron can't get him to stop shooting jumpers, nobody is ever going to get Russell Westbrook to stop shooting jumpers. Yeah. It's, it's impossible. In terms of AD, he's, just, he's not ever going to be healthy consistently enough to get it done. Yeah, That's my take. Unless you have another corona pandemic where he gets six months off and then gets to come back to a bubble, then you might be in some business. Yeah. But apart from that, no. Because he is so, so good. So good oh, when gross. he's healthy. He's the most dominant player in the league when he's healthy. He's, he's up there with Giannis, but he's just not consistently. And I don't know. I, it has to be a physical fitness type of thing that he's just getting injured all the time because he, he, can't, he must not be in shape or something because you, you shouldn't be getting injured that often if you're that, you know, if you're in the prime of your physical condition. Like, he's in the prime of his physical being, and he shouldn't be getting hurt this often. I'm a big believer in that in, like, almost every other sport except for the NBA. I think in the NBA, when you have these freakishly tall and long bodies, like, AD is, like, God, he's near seven feet, bro. Yeah, It's just, like, I don't know if a body is ever meant to take that type of beating. Like, it's different when you're even 6'4", but a lot of the big men, like, that's why I'm so... Like, huge on, if you have a big man with early injuries in his career, get rid of him. Yeah. I love Joel Embiid. I would trade him for everything in the world right now. Yeah. He's dope. He represents Philly. He's going to keep getting injured because he's a big man with injury history yeah. because he's seven feet running around on a court. On like, a hardwood court. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't work. So that's the thing with AD where it's like, dude, some of it I think is a conditioning thing because you have seen some injuries where it's just like, Dude, are you, are you not stretching? Like, like what's happening here? Yeah. But some of it is also he's a seven-foot, like, freakishly big athlete running full speed up a court. He's going to get injured. Yeah. Like, it's like Kristaps, too. Like, Kristaps was great. Then he got injured. Now he's so-so. Yeah. That's why those big men without injury histories 
are so good. Like Nikola Jokic, dude. Yeah. That's a gem right there because yeah. that's not only a seven footer, but that's a seven footer that's really, I mean, knock on some wood here, like not gonna get injured. Yeah. He's healthy and he's a freaking And it just tank. His, his style of play like lends itself to him not getting injured. That's a fact too, because the thing about AD is he runs the floor. He's yeah, like he's an explosive player. He is the difference between Jokic and AD is AD is the one catching the alley oops. Jokic is honestly the one making those outlet yeah, passes, exactly. like feeding the rest of his team. Yeah, but I mean you've also got guys like Giannis who's seven feet tall and he doesn't get hurt at the same rate. No, it's not everyone. But yeah, there's just... one thing about that is that Giannis, his coordination is a lot different than AD. Like. The way that Giannis plays, Giannis plays like he's 6'7", six, 6'6", six, six, whereas AD plays like he's 7 feet. You see, like, he plays like a big man. Like, he plays kind of, kind of, like, kind of, like, clunky. Even Drew, like, I don't, I think there is a difference for sure in their play, like Damian said, but I just think there's some big men who don't get injured and some big men who do. And it's not necessarily, yeah. like, oh, the, the big men who get injured are not stretching, and the big men who stay healthy, they're super good at stretching. I don't think it's that. I just think it's more one of those things where it's like, damn, Giannis is that, like a Jokic, like one of those big men who just, he's not going to get injured all the time, where you have AD and you have Porzingis and you have these other big men who are super talented, Joel Embiid, but they're they're an injury risk. Yeah. Well, not everyone is like, created the same. It's not... No, that's my whole, that's my whole point. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't really... It's like when you, yeah, when you, when you can you know, see a guy and, and see, like, this, this, he already has injury history and injury problems, and yeah, it's not going to get better down the road, so. That's exactly my point. It's like, that's why I don't love trading for an Anthony Davis or trading for a Kristaps Porzingis, or, like, if they move Joel Embiid, whichever team trades for him, I don't love it because you're dealing with a seven-footer who's been injured, you know? It's it's different when he's a six-two shooting. Like, Steph Curry's ankle injuries don't worry me as much. Yeah. Because he's a normal size, proportionate human who's dealing with some ankle injuries on a basketball court, which is normal. Yeah. He's not seven feet. If Steph Curry was seven feet and dealing with ankle injuries, I'd be extremely worried that this was like a long-term thing. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where the big man with injury histories, they can't shake him. What would you do if you're the Lakers? Would you consider blowing it all up, trading AD and Russ? I mean, I know that's that's a lot, but like... No. No. No, I think... You just gotta you try gotta to get rid, get rid of Russ. You gotta ride it for this season, I think, though, at least. Would you yeah. trade him for Ben Simmons? Russell Westbrook? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a pretty similar situation if you get Ben Simmons. Because, like, what's Ben Simmons gonna do that Russell Westbrook doesn't do? He's not gonna shoot, shoot the ball. Please. He's not gonna shoot the ball. Yeah. He knows he can't shoot. <laughs> but the thing is, like, he's just not gonna shoot the ball, so who's gonna take more shots? More NBA talk. Um, the Bulls it. are the best team in the world. Dude, do you remember having this argument in this exact yeah, basement? Yeah, remember when I told you guys about the Bulls, Bulls? were going to be nasty? And I wasn't so sure, but yeah. I did say I think they're the Atlanta Hawks of last the, uh, year. So that was my, that was my, my thought at the, the time. It has nothing it. to do with the players themselves. Good. The uh, Productive. The Bulls are good because they brought back the black jerseys. They haven't worn the black jerseys since like the Michael Jordan era of the Bulls, and all of a sudden the Bulls are the best team in the league. Those jerseys Actually, are clean. Wrong. They haven't had black jerseys since the Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, Lua, Dang era. Ooh. And then before that, it was the Michael Jordan era. So whenever the Bulls wear black, they're good. 
look good, play good. Do you think it's one of those things they're, where they're sick uniforms? They decide on the uniforms first, and then they're good, or they're good, and they're like, "All right, let's pull out the uniforms." No, no, We're it's legit. The, the uniforms make you good. It's like when the Rays changed from the Devil Rays, and they got good. Fair. And like Fair. the Chargers have changed their uniforms, and they've kind of gone good. To be determined, hopefully. Who else? I'm trying to think of other teams that have changed their uniforms and gotten good. But it happens a lot. No, I, I can't hate on it. I just think, in general, the Bulls are good for a couple of reasons. One, Lonzo Ball is actually kind of playing like Lonzo Ball. He's so good. Where has this been? He's, so He's shooting well from the three. Here's the thing. No one maybe talks it about took this. him a while to develop. No one talks about yeah. this. He's played, I think this is year five now. Yeah. In every year in the NBA, his three-point percentage has gone up. Really? Every single year. So, to be fair, he entered the league when he was 19 years old. He's yep. now 23 or 24 years old. He has progressively gotten better. That is what you should do as a professional athlete, and he's done it. It's kind of nuts, dude. His three-point has gone up every single year. Every his two-point has gone up year. every single year. His free-throw percentage has gone up every single every year. Every single year. And the thing is, his he's, points, always been, he's always been a good passer. He's always been a good defender. And he's put it together now. And so that's why I've always rode with Lonzo Ball. I've always said he's, he's going to be a good player. And here you are. Is he playing point for the Bulls right now? Um, or is it like kind of split with I think Colby it's like a White. split, split, uh, split backcourt. Because I have to say, the one thing about Lonzo that surprises me, he's gotten better in every single stat. 35.4 minutes a game, Yeah. 4.6 assists. No, I thought he was yeah. someone who was going to be almost a lock for like a 9 or 10 assists player a game. Yeah. That was what he was described as out of college. Like His passing is NBA ready now. Yeah. And he makes some dope highlight passes, but I never see the consistency with him. Okay. Where he's just dropping 9 or 10. But Lonzo's really solid. DeRozan is really good. People just sleep on the fact that, like, DeMar DeRozan had been carrying the Spurs for, like, the last three or four years, yeah, and if he wasn't there, absolutely. the Spurs would have been one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yes. Like, he was that in- entire roster. And then I think Vucevic is another one of those players who is so underrated. Like, yeah. no one cared about him on the Magic. He was just making all-star games. Yes. Dude, Vucevic has been good for literally ten years. His whole career. He He's was been- he was averaging, like, 14 and 14, like, into the yes. league. yes. And no one, no one has ever cared. And so I think the Bulls have a lot of these underrated players that no one's ever I mean, really paid attention to. I mean, Zach Bang. Levine. Yeah. Zach Levine. Like, but he got hyped up because of the dunks. He got hyped up because of the dunks. He got hyped up because of the dunks. Yeah. But the thing is, no one really cared about his actual game because the Bulls have been so bad for so long. And so everyone was like, oh, this guy can dunk. Like, he's in the dunk contest and stuff. But, like, they never really, like, just took a second to be like, this kid's actually good at basketball. And now that the Bulls are good, everyone's like, wait. He's averaging, like, 20-plus a game. DeRose's averaging 20-plus a game. The only other time that's happened in history, Jordan and Pippen. Wow. So How we're not saying that? DeMar DeRozan and Zach Lean are Jordan it, and Pippen. That's not the exact but they might stat, be. obviously, not just 20-plus <laughs> yeah. a game, because that's a ridiculously low number. But there's some ridiculous stat the other day where it's, like, where, like, players, two star players on a team score, like, 25-plus points a night and like, I don't know, eight games in a row or something. The last people who, who the only other people to do it were Jordan and Pippen. Damn. Which is just a ridiculous comparison, but like unreal to think that that's like the last time and only time that someone else has done it. And it's like the best duo of all time. The NBA is so much better when like the Bulls, the Knicks, the Celtics, the Lakers, like the big franchises the can play. Teams, yes. Even like 
Dude, the Hawks mean nothing, but for some reason when the Hawks play half decent, like they're, they're below yeah. all those teams I just yeah. mentioned. It's just when you have those big markets playing well. Yeah. Like, dude, I watched a Hawks game where you had like Gunna and Thug how, as yo, the halftime show. I was about show. to say, I was about to say, how wild was that? Celtics Hawks yeah. halftime show on a Tuesday night, and it's just Gunna and Young Thug. And the place was rocking. Dude, like it was like sold out. Dude, Atlanta seems like the most fun place on planet Earth. That that's like what's happening. That Young oh, yeah. Thug and Gunner just pulling up to a game randomly to do a halftime show. I mean, Lou Williams literally dipped out of the bubble to go to Atlanta to get uh, some wings. Like that's how fun Atlanta is. That is crazy. But yeah, dude, it must be so sick to be on the Atlanta Hawks and be one of those NBA players. And you just look courtside and you're like, all right. Well, there's every single, like, artist that I like. Like, yeah. there's Metro, there's 21, there's Young Thug, like, there's Gunna. There's all those people that, you know, the NBA players are bumming. Drew probably knows, like, two of those names, but... Yeah. No, that's that's true. Atlanta has the culture, which is why when they're good, and they're good at basketball specifically, it's fun. Because you have all of those artists showing up to the game and showing exactly. love, and it's like... Where else are you going to get Gunna and Thug on Tuesday? It's the mix of the culture, man. Like, the whole idea that rappers want to be ballers and ballers want to be rappers. Like, just the classic idea. And, like, you're getting all those guys. Like, 2 Chains, the Migos. Like, everybody's in there. Gunna, Young Thug. Like, you're going to have a good time. And they, the Hawks, feel like they're a star away from really, like, that culture, like, fully coming together and embracing it. Like... James Harden, he it never happened. If James Harden went to the Hawks, like something like that, like a player yeah. who's already in with Lil Baby, like a player who's yeah. already in that network, then goes to the Hawks, it's over. It's over. Like that city's gonna become dangerous. Yeah, actually. I don't know. I guess we can cut it. Should we do some baseball talk? I don't have any more NBA thoughts. Yeah, let's talk some baseball talk. Drew, you some wanna take stove. over? You wanna give us some hot stove, some uh some awards talk? Uh I mean yeah, they just announced the the awards. There weren't many surprises. Uh just pretty boilerplate. So Harper, why is Cora not top three for you? Um, Candidates for manager of the year for baseball. Because of our collapse, I think that that single-handedly eliminates him. So he was on pace, though, when we were in first and, like, killing we it in the summer. Yeah. Um, so you said Bryce Harper got NL MVP? Mm-hmm. Who, who else were the Oh, great conversation that we were talking about. We should bring this on the podcast. Bryce Harper, is he a Hall of Famer? He's... On track to hit, like, 500 home runs. He's super young. I What's think he's, his, like, 28. How many hits does he have? He has, he, like, just total hits? Yeah. I have no idea. I know he has, like, 276 home runs, and he's, like, 28. He's only 28? Isn't that yeah. nuts, bro? What, dude? I feel like he's been around forever. He's he has 1,273 hits. What? How is he 28 and, like, a guy like Kevin Durant's, like, 33? Does it, That doesn't make sense to me. Because Kevin Durant's been playing in the league... Way longer than Harper. Since 2007. Harper's 29, by the way, so I was off by a year. But still, but still 29, dude. I thought Harper was like 32, 33 by now. That's wild. But, and he still has like 10 years left on that deal, huh? I think they signed him like three or four years ago. Yeah. But still, still a lot, It was like bro. a 13-year deal. Is he a Hall of Famer if he retires, you think? Right now? Yeah. No. Well, not not now. Just I'm like saying his career keep, keeps up. Yeah, yeah, his career yeah, keeps up. I think so. I think so. All right, I'm taking a look at it right I, now. But I honestly think, too, like like we said, like he has like 10 years or so left on that deal. Like, I don't think it's out of the question. Like, I think they'll probably win a World Series in the next 10 years. No no love, Drew, for either Tatis or Soto over Harper? No. no. Not at all? Soto won the Hank Aaron Award, and he deserved it. What's but, that? Best hitter. Okay. 
And Tatis, he was fun, but the Padres just fell off a cliff. The Padres fell off a cliff. And Tatis just honestly was not as, as good as the other two. I would have gone Juan Soto over Tatis as well. AL MVP Otani. That makes all the sense in the world, yeah, right? No disagreements pick. there. Easiest pick. In the Easiest pick. Yeah. Uh, NL Cy Young, Corbin Burns. I'm not going to lie. I have not watched this man pitch one game. Could, don't even know who he is. He's the Brewers starter. Yeah, on the Brew crew. The Brewers had a bunch of really good starting pitching this year, and he was the best. Who was the guy from Toronto who won the AL Cy Young? The AL Robbie Cy Young? Ray. Robbie Ray. He's, he's legit. He's, he's legit. Was, is he a starter? Yeah, he was really good for the Diamondbacks back in the day. Really? Okay. He was on the Yankees last year, I want to say. Really? And you have him over Cole, obviously. Yeah. I thought that one was coming down to the wire. The big thing about uh, him was the Blue Jays' second-half surge, how they just came back in the second half. Like He, he was the, the menace at the front of that rotation. He had a crazy second half. That was guy, Burns better than Bueller? I know I'm jumping Corbin all around Burns, here. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it should have gone to Max Scherzer, but that guy Corbin Burns, dude, he started off the year with like 57 strikeouts before he walked his first round. What? Like that. Yeah, he broke the record. He's filthy. Dude, you know, two years ago, he was 1-5 with an 8.82 ERA and was left off the Brewers' postseason gross, roster? Bro. That's crazy. He kind of came out of nowhere. That's nuts. 1.8 walks per nine innings. Led the league in strikeout rate. I literally never heard of him. Never heard of him before he won this award. He's a good pitcher. I thought it should have gone to Max Scherzer, though, personally. I just thought he had the better year. That one, I guess, was kind of a surprise for me. I like Bueller a lot. I mean, I, I have a hard-on for Bueller, but I think he's legit. Uh, rookie of the year. I'm not even going to pretend like I know these rookies. Jonathan India. Jonathan India is a good player for the... Reds? For the Reds, yeah. What? Put, you can't win an award for if you play in Cincinnati. Unless you're Joey Votto. All right, Damien. I dead ass don't know or recognize a single one of these, these rookie the, of the year candidates. Who are the candidates listed? I want to hear them. I'm going to read them to you. who won it in the AL. Uh, I'm looking at the NL right now. I'm looking at the NL right Jonathan now, okay? India. Jonathan India. Did you know him? No. No? All right. Trevor, Trevor Rogers, Rogers on the Marlins? Gross. What? Bro. Who? Like, who? Gross. Sounds like he went to our high school. Yeah. Dylan Carlson Rose. on the Cardinals? No idea. Could I give you more basic names, yeah, by the way? Dude. Trevor Rogers and Dylan Carlson. Dude, I could probably go to school and find three of those kids there right now. Uh, Patrick Wisdom on the Cubs? Ever heard of him? I have heard that. Name. You have? All right. Yes, I've heard that. This name. next one is actually the only one I've heard of. Ian Anderson on the Braves. No, don't know him. I just know Tim Anderson. Why do I know Ian Anderson on the Braves? I, I might not even... I'm telling you about him. I think... Yeah, <laughs> really? He's a part of that young class of Braves pitchers. With like, oh, you know, yeah, he's, he's a pitcher. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. no. Right, I feel like I saw him start in in a, in a postseason game. Okay, you know, the American Leagues, I definitely know Ronde Rosarina. He's gross. On the race? He counts yeah. as a rookie? Yep. But he played in the playoffs last the year before. He, like, he missed the rookie cutoff for at-bats by, like, two at-bats or something like that. Really? Did everyone just miss him because it was a 60-game season, so you just get uh, to be a rookie again? Maybe. No. No? Or was it, no. like, different? They scaled it back? It, 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 no, I don't, it wasn't scaled back, but, like, he, I mean, he, he only came up at, like, like all this like or something? Like, yeah, he, he wasn't. Was he that much he better than Wander Franco, by the way? I know he had a good no, year. so that, that one was also... Wander Franco. What teams he played for? Also the Rays. Also the Rays. He's that... Dude, do you remember watching the Rays-Red Sox series and just watching Wander Franco? I don't know if you remember this. He hit a nuke to center field against us 
And I've never seen a ball leap Fenway so quickly. I think he's 20 years old, too. He's oh, filthy. he was that guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, do, yeah. I remember He's him. like okay. big stud race cool. prospect. So I know them. Luis Garcia on the Astros. Why do I know? I recognize that name. Pitch. He's a pitcher? Remember okay. He pitched that one game again. Or did he pitch two? He might have been the guy who we blew up the first And then he shut and us and down at Sedway. Yeah. yeah. And then Aldis Garcia on the Rangers? No clue who he is. And Emmanuel Chase on the Indians. So, yeah, a very small percentage of these rookies. All right, manager of the year. NL, easy, right? Gig, Kapler, Giants. There's, like, no hate there. The Giants were supposed to be horrible, and then these veterans all came together. American League Manager of the Year, Kevin Cash Rays, okay? That's the winner. Is he? Well, he is the winner, but who are the candidates? Uh, the other candidates, I guess they put them all together. I didn't even know this. The final tally, uh, maybe not. Scott Surveys on the Mariners? Yeah. He was second. Dusty Baker on the Astros was third. Charlie Montoya on the Blue Jays was fourth, That's and then the Alex Cora was fifth. Charlie Montoya on who? The Blue Jays. Because uh, they had that crazy comeback. But he the Blue Jays in the Mariners guy. So, yeah, no, Kevin Cash is the winner of that. I thought Alex Cora was second, by the way. No. I, I just thought because, without okay, a doubt so he was Drew second. said with the collapse. We were Cora, horrible last Cora year, can't. though. Yeah, but, like, that wasn't, like, I don't know. But we were, like, well on pace to win the AL East. Yeah, we we had a big lead. And, like, yeah. I don't know. Cor- so the collapse killed Cora. Then the Mariners and the Blue Jays didn't make the playoffs. So that's... They were both within, a, like, a game. Yeah, so, I mean, that already, that already takes you out of the conversation. And then Dusty Baker did pretty much what he was supposed to do with the Astros. Dusty so, like, Baker has just been the most meh manager I've ever seen for, like, the last 10 years. That's exactly what they needed. That was the thing. He came in there and just righted the shit. Well, yeah. That, when you're in a very unstable time, as the Astros yeah. were, to have someone who's just meh, who's going to ride the ship, like beautiful. Like, knows the league and yeah. stuff. It's good stuff. That's why I thought he was up there. All right. But let's let's talk some free agents, though, because there's some interesting things. Oh, free yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do you want to talk any signings first, or do you just want to do you want to just talk? Have people signed already? Agents? Yeah, dude. So Eduardo oh, Rodriguez, Rodriguez to the Tigers. He got like I want to say fifteen point five over yeah. five years to Detroit. Yeah. And I didn't want him back in Boston, but I love that he got that deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. And then Verlander, I want to say, did he get thirty? I think Verlander got a one year thirty million dollar deal. Really? I I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure Justin Verlander got one year and thirty, and then Syndergaard got one year and twenty two, uh, from the Angels, which I actually thought from was the like Angels. That's it was just like he's been injured for two years. Like whatever, we'll move on. Yeah. And yeah, Verlander got got that one year deal from uh from the Astros. I love that Noah Syndergaard deal. I like that too. Twenty five for Verlander. You know why I like that though. He's got, he has, like, the long blonde hair, so I'm going to just... Every time I see a pitch, I'm going to think it's Thor. Jared Weaver. Thor. Oh, that's a great comparison. That's Weaver a great right comparison. They should bring back Jared Weaver as his pitching coach. There'd be no greater mound visit than Jared Weaver going to visit Noah Syndergaard. That'd be so funny. Um, I actually but, so, love it, though, because Syndergaard has a bunch of proof. Yeah, so it's just, he like, he's he been bad the last two years. The Angels need pitching. Yeah. Good, good fix. So where's Correa going? Detroit? That seems almost locked in. I keep seeing that everywhere. I mean, because they just have all the money. I mean, well, yeah, on Twitter, everyone's saying has a lot of money. He's spend. linked to them, and there was something about he Correa put a tiger in his Twitter bio the other day. He didn't go to LSU, right? 
Korea? Yeah. I don't think no, he went to college. Not, no. He didn't go to college? Okay, because I was going to say, like, maybe it's just LSU Tiger. <laughs> like, you know, like, trying to trying to think about it from, like, a more, like... Um, and then Stroman. Where do you think Stroman's going? I think Stroman's going to get a huge bag. Where is he from? All right, here, you want you want a team that's going to give someone a stupid amount of I money, by yes, the way? Yeah, this is the year the like Seattle that. Mariners pay someone a stupid contract. It feels like they haven't done it in, like, five or six yeah. years. You know we're due for one every year. Like, Carlos Correa, the Mariners, who knows? Dude, like who knows? off their book now. I think he's a free agent. For the Mariners? And uh, they got rid of Cano, too, so it's like they don't yeah. even have that problem anymore. Um, but Stroman, what about... I don't know what the Angels' money situation is, but what about Stroman to the Angels? That would be loading up, bro. Right? Yeah, that would that be could fun. Be interesting, dude. That it does would be... seem like an Angels move. And they just got they just dumped pools, so they have yeah. they have more money. So they have oh, you'd have Otani, Stroman, Syndergaard. Who else do they have? I feel like they have one more arm who's decent. I think that might be it because I think they had no arms who were decent last year, <laughs> apart from Otani. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Otani was like their only. They're only decent. They're only decent arm. Real quick though, all right. Carlos Correa to the Yankees, no shot, right? Because no. that's what I'm thinking. Dude, I mean, did you see what he just said about Jeter? <laughs> yes, I There's did. No way you could go to the <laughs> Yankees. Dude, that video like should have blown up too. By the way, I don't yeah. know why that video didn't blow up. That was a great video. But like, dude, you can't. He can't go to the Yankees now. They probably curved him. They're probably like, no, we don't want you. We don't have enough money for you. Could you see the Cubs signing someone? I'm seeing that in a couple pretty, of these projections. No. I think it would be pretty stupid for them to do that. Because they just, just trade everywhere. everything up. Yeah, they're not about to sign. Like, if you're going to spend money, you should have just kept Brian and Rizzo. And Corey Seager's available. Y'all were mentioning him. He's good. Corey Seager? Yeah. Kyle? Oh, no. Corey, Corey Seager. Right. On, well. on the Dodgers. So the Dodgers yeah, the Um What about... Uh, I don't want Marcus Simeon. We were talking um, about this earlier. Do yeah. not sign Marcus what Simeon. What about Javi Baez? Love Javi Baez. Would you want him on the Red Sox? Yes, yes, what about, absolutely. Uh, what about Rizzo? Is Schwarber staying? We have no need for Rizzo. I have, yeah, I don't have a need Would for Rizzo. Would you rather Rizzo. Schwarber or Rizzo? Depends on the contract. If I'm getting Rizzo for a year or two, then Rizzo over Schwarber, if I have to lock Schwarber until seven or eight. Yeah. But if it's comparable contracts, then... Than Schwarber. Than Schwarber, without a doubt. Because Schwarber, I was telling Drew earlier, Schwarber represents Boston so well. He's just like a city of Boston, ultra-competitive. Yeah, I mean, like, like got into it right away. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then your boy, Drew, Kershaw. He's going back home. He's staying? No, he's going back home to Houston, I think. You think so? Wow, I never thought of that. That's scary. That's, that, that's no, a that's, good prediction. No, that's perfect, though. That's perfect because he can't play in the playoffs, so we'll just beat him next year. <laughs> Talk about a fraud, dude. Robbie Ray, speaking of little, little Cy Young candidate, he's a free agent. Really? Yeah, bro. The Rangers? Kershaw. To the Rangers? So, I, think he's, I think he's closer to the Rangers, like where he grew up. I think he's more of a Rangers guy. Do the Blue Jays? They have a bunch of money. They, so they re-signed, we didn't even mention this, but they, they signed What's-His-Face to a great deal. Uh, the pitcher that they signed, that they traded for. Jose Barrios. Yeah, Jose Barrios. They gave him like $130 million, $140 okay. million. Yeah, I can see them splurging. And they had Robbie Ray, right? And he's a free agent. Yeah. And then they also had Stroman, and he's a free agent. Yeah. Those are some arms that the Blue Jays had that just are all free agents now. Dude, it's kind of ridiculous. Did, was Stroman's departure from Toronto bad? I don't think so. Stroman's time in Toronto wasn't spectacular. But, yeah. Really? Yeah. Which kind of sucks, because I really like Marcus Stroman. Like... 
He's a. I think he's so good. Yeah. Is Starlin Marte gonna get like a when bag? He got, when he got his Tommy John surgery, he went back to Duke to get his degree. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like he's just like a smart, like, good guy to have on the team. Yeah. Starling Marte. Where's where is Starling Marte now? Where did he play last season? I have absolutely no Dude, clue. That outfield was nasty back back in the day. McCutcheon, Marte, and Polanco. Oh, he might have been, yeah. Dude, no way. I actually knew this. He was on the Oakland A's because I remember oh, watching yeah. him on the A's, yeah. He, like, nearly led the league in stolen bases this year, Starling Marte. He's is he going to get a bag or no? Because I've always liked him. I've always yeah, liked I him. He deserves it. Um, I don't think he's that good. We really need some bullpen help. That's what we really need we for the Sox. Sort of arms. Give me arms. Give me arms. Hang time headlines, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, rate, review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. We're out. Thank you. Adios. Peace.